0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: So he says in verse 7, It is expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. If I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believed not. Of righteousness because they go to my Father. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. You see, as we go into all the world and we preach the gospel and so forth, that, that wonderful message we have is what the Holy Spirit uses to convince the lost man that, he needs, he, that he's an unbeliever. That he's going to be judged. And, and like he says here, you're not righteous, but God has a righteousness. See, this wonderful message we have solves the problem of the whole world. Everybody needs what we have. So the Holy Spirit's got to come into the world. And he says in verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. And this is why we have the rest of the scriptures that have been written, so that we can get those things and we learn little by little by little. And then he says in verse 13, "Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, is come, get this, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He's not an unholy spirit. He leads you into truth. He never leads you contrary to truth. He doesn't lead you away from truth. The Holy Spirit leads you to do that which is right. It's honoring to God. It will lead to a holy life because that's what the Holy Spirit does. So you can't say the Holy Spirit led me to commit murder. The Holy Spirit led me to commit adultery. The Holy Spirit led me to, no, the Holy Spirit only leads you to do right. He doesn't lead you to wrong. So I've had people say, well, Yankee, I prayed about it. And then they do something that's not right. Because they prayed about it. Well, I don't care if you did pray about it. You should have waited for an answer from God. Because if it's from the Lord, it will always be right. So anyway, down here in verse 13, he says, For he shall not speak of himself. That's why you always be careful of people who always talk about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. The Holy Spirit always magnifies Christ. Magnifies Christ. Teaches you about Christ. Leads you to Christ. And so there's some churches just built upon the Holy Spirit. But that's not what the Holy Spirit does. But look what he says here. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. As, of course, when you read in the book of Revelations and Scripture and other things that have been revealed. But he also says here in verse 14, he shall glorify himself... Is that what it says? He shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So if the more you want to know about the Lord, the more you want to know about Christ, then the Holy Spirit that indwells you is to teach you the word of God so you'll know more about God, more about Jesus Christ. He magnifies him. And then he says here in verse 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that Uh, He shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So the Holy Spirit is the one that leads and guides us. He shows things to us. Remember, I used to hear people always, and they'd say, Lord, lead, guide, and direct when they pray. Lord, lead, guide, and direct. But they never read the Bible. How does the Holy Spirit lead, guide, and direct? Well, I don't need the Bible and I don't need church. I got the Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to let Him lead, guide, and direct. Sounds so spiritual. But the Holy Spirit leads you to the church and leads you to the Word of God so that you'll learn how He's to lead you and guide and direct. Otherwise, it's a spiritual prayer, but it means zero. Because you cannot do it, exclusion of the Word. You've got to have the Word. Look at verse 16. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, you shall see me, because I go to my Father. Then said some of the disciples uh, among themselves... What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to my father. So verse 18, they said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, we cannot tell what he saith. In other words, they did not get it. They didn't understand what he's talking about. It's like he's speaking in a parable, and they didn't understand this is why whenever you read the rest of these verses, he will explain that. And as he explains that, then they said in verse 29, his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plain. In other words, now we understand what you're saying. And speak if no problem. In other words, you, we, we understand what you're saying now. Because see, with his disciples who wanted to know the truth, he explained the things to them. He taught them. This isn't that... What he was now saying was a proverb, and they didn't understand it. Now, no, they're saying just the opposite. You see, you can read that verse, and they, it says this, and lo and behold, when you put it in the context, it's saying something. To, he's not explaining why they can now understand. And so when he says in verse 31, do you now believe? Believe what, believe what he's talking about here. There was sorrow in their heart. They were down. They were discouraged. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to come. So I believe that it has a reference to this. But look again there in verse 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. In other words, because of what's going to happen to you. Not only because of what's going to happen to you, but they're going to find out what happens to him. Because when they see what happened to him, were they rejoicing, or were they down? They were afraid. Because you see, uh, those are some dark days coming. And he says, there's going to be a what? You're not going to see me. And then after a while, I'll be back. Somebody said that before Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I'll be back. And he came back. And I got news for you. He's coming back again. So he makes this statement here in this verse 20. This is a good verse. That ye shall weep and lament. But the world shall rejoice, and get this, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. There's things that God says, yes, they're going to happen to you in life. And as I read Scripture, I don't always just try to read it for what they did. What can I learn from this? How can I apply this to my life? And so as I live my life, I always find, yes, there's always things that produce sorrow. There's always a lot of grief in life seems like a lot of things just goes against the grain and goes wrong. But you also, in the back of your mind, you know now, I don't understand all this. I can't explain all this. I wish I could just wave my my little magic wand and it all go away. But it doesn't. But you know that on the other side of this problem, God is going to teach me something for it. The other night I read a thing on Wednesday night. I did it on the radio too. Because of a friend of mine named Linda Taylor years ago. And all of the things that happened to her. She got married when she was young. She had a teenage husband. And he had a car wreck and he died. She got married later and husband left. Then she remarried and he committed suicide. Her son, he was 12 years old when he got cancer. He lost his arm. And then he died of cancer after that. And she just had lots and lots of misery. But after all these years, she, now she goes around and she talks to people that have a lot of stress in their life. But those lessons that she had to learn were very expensive. You see, what makes you more valuable down the road is the expenses, the price you have to pay to learn certain lessons. And so there's ministries can be made out of miseries. So do you have any miseries in life? turn them into ministry. What did you learn from it? What did God teach you? How strong were you? I fell apart. Okay, you fell apart. But did God put you back together again? Yeah. Because see, not everybody stays strong in all the problems. And sometimes there's grief that you just can't hardly bear. A lot of sorrow. But you can still keep strong and serve the Lord. But sometimes we fall. We just, we fail. But God also wants us to know, look, it's not the end, and there can be joy. Joy is J-O-Y. That's Jesus and you with nothing between. Uh, Some people say, well, that's Jesus and others and yourself. But anyway, learn that there is joy. But sorrow shall be turned into joy. If sorrow is turned into joy, then you would want more sorrow. Right? Let me read that again. Your sorrow will be turned into joy. Oh, then give me a lot more. If I was to tell you that all the green dollars that you have in your purse or your wallet is going to be turned into gold. But you can't have the gold right now, but you can have those dollars right now. Would you want some more dollars? Maybe a little bit. And the more that God blesses you the more you know that you're going to have down the road. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. It's going to be worth it all. But look again here. See there in verse 21, a woman... When she is in travail, have sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is come into the world, a born into the world. Now, it doesn't say that about a woman, but it does say that about the, the boy. It doesn't say it about a girl, but it does say it about a boy. Okay, well, we'll throw the girls in there, too, then. All right. But now I've never had a child. Personally, but I know a lot of women that has these youngins, and they seem like it's it's like it's murder. And they cry and they weep and they scream, and that the little child is born. Like whenever I was born, that's when my daddy screamed. <laughs> 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 so that's the ugliest kid in the world. <laughs> oh, the. And then, I bless that doctor. He said, it looked just like his daddy. But anyway, it's all right. It's all right. Precious little boy I was. In verse 22, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your hearts shall rejoice. Your joy no man taketh from you. Hey, see, hey, it's going to get dark. What they're going to do is they're going to kill me, see. And, and I'm going to be dead. But I'm going to come back from the dead and you're going to be alive. You're going to be filled with joy. And I'm going to give you the greatest ministry in all the world to go into all the world and tell everybody what you saw and what you heard. And he talked about the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The greatest hope any man can ever have, because we know that one of the greatest sorrows in the world is dying. Losing our loved ones. So, the greatest joy is to see that they're alive. They are alive. And they're better off now than they ever were. But sometimes we lose sight of that. And so he says down here in verse 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. He said, And ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken to you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I will not answer, and I say not unto you, that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speaketh no Proverbs. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needeth not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. And Jesus answered, Do ye not believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, when ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because my Father is with me. And then when he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, then he was alone. But the Lord was still there. And he came back from that. you know what's interesting? It says that uh, he was quickened by the Spirit in first Peter chapter three, verse eighteen. And then the the son says, I lay my life down, I can take it up again. And then he says, talk about the Father raised him from the dead. God didn't. So all three was involved in his death, burial, and resurrection, because he was smitten of the Father and allowed himself willingly to let them do to him whatever they wanted to do. You know, if you watch sometimes these, and it's not the best thing to maybe talk about on a Sunday morning, they beheading of some of those people. Yeah, it's uh, for the purpose of inducing terror in people, making people afraid. And people do have a certain fear because we don't want to die, especially we don't want to die like that. And I thought, okay, if I was going to die, how do I want to die? And I've often had this fear, personally. I'm going to die by water. I'm going to die by water. And the reason is because I've had so many experiences in water, I'm fortunate that I'm alive. So that's why I decided I'm never going to take a bath again. That's not true. I, do. I still take baths. I just want y'all to know that. But I um, had my first little experience one day when I was with my sister. And I, I couldn't swim that good. I could swim enough that I, you know, I wouldn't drown, but I mean, I wasn't smooth at it. It's it more like, you know, splashing and fighting, but I, I'd get there. But my sister, she was smooth. She was good. She was a couple years older than me. Called her Lizzie and was down at this river on the riverbank and kids were there and she'd crawl out on this limb and, and she would dive off and everybody just watch my sister dive because she was just so smooth she'd go in the water and come right up and she would just perfect I mean she was just, just good and everybody ooh and ah well there's just a little bit of jealousy inside I, I can do that I can do that I said I can do that well of course they wanted to see me do that I wanted to see me do that, too. But I shouldn't have done that. But I climbed up that tree, got on the limb, and I went off. And I was trying to make my sister, you know, stand there. I I had no trouble going through the air. When I hit to the water, I didn't know that you can turn your hands. Because it was a muddy river. I just... I went straight to the bottom. I mean, right to the water. No problem. But as soon as I hit the bottom of the, mu- of the river, my hands just buckled right up underneath me. And my head, now this, the bottom, it was, it was just on mud. My head went down into the mud. And I had mud, I was buried. Now, I wasn't planning on staying long, so I didn't take a lot of air with me. I was what you call a stick in the mud. I'm stuck in the mud. My feet are sticking up, but nobody can see me because the river's a dirty, muddy river. And nobody, so I didn't come up. And I couldn't get loose. I had my hand, my hands just went right down into the mud. And I'm trying to push my head out. And I couldn't get my head loose. Have you ever got your foot stuck in the mud? And you go, <coughs> suction. <coughs> Try it with your head. In the bottom of a river. Now, I couldn't see. There was nothing to see. I had mud. I finally pulled my feet down. And I had me all fours. Now, that's not a very good position to be in. But that's the way I was. And all fours, I pushed myself and I pulled my head loose. By now, I'm totally out of air. My lungs are burning. And I, I just felt so good. And I just floated to the top. And all I remember, they told me, it says, my sister got a hold of me and pulled me to the bank. She regretted that to this day. <laughs> but I thought I, I could have come and I had sharp pains on the side of my head. It went down into my back. And later on, I found out, to find out so many people had done the same thing and they just, you know, they snapped snap their neck to paralyze for the rest of their life. And I thought, I come so close to dying, so close <laughs> And then I took a load of kids, not a load, but a, a carload, down to the Grand Canyon because we we're going to check out a camp down there in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And so we were going to walk down there and just see what it was like. And so me and Dave Cannon and Brian and I think Eddie went with me and Tim Sanchez. And So anyway, we parked up on the bike and we had to walk down in there 11 miles. And so we got down to this one place and it was this. A ninety-foot waterfall, and there was another one that's a sixty-foot waterfall. But there was a place to go all the way around and come behind the waterfall. So we were walking around, and so we did. I told Eddie to stay out there because he was a kid. So we all walked behind there, and so here's this water coming down, and we're behind this waterfall. Oh, it's beautiful, just beautiful. So each one of them just dove through the waterfall, and he went over there, and I was the last one. Well, I didn't see no sense in diving through it, so I just got in the water and just gonna. So I went through the waterfall. Well, I didn't get far enough through it. And the waterfall coming down kept pushing me down. And I noticed it's getting darker. It's getting darker. And I can't seem to get through. And I'm not going up and it's getting darker. It took me a while before I realized I'm not going up or out. I'm going down. And all of a sudden I realized that and panic. It will hit you. It panic. How am I gonna get out of this? I could see myself, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so I started my best, stop trying to go up, go out. So I went out, and then I go up. And I could see it starting to get light the time. I go, oh! but the guys had already gone through, it, and they were sitting uh, I mean, not 30, 40 feet away from me, all looking down that way. Not a person saw me cared whether I lived or died. <laughs> and I got through it. And I don't know if I ever said anything to him or not. But I realized the Lord has watched over me Amen. in my life. I could have been dead so many times. I mean, I got sores that'll curl your toenails. And realize, I, and these are some that I know about. I thought, one of these days when we get to heaven, we find out what, how many close calls we've had. How many times God has intervened in your life? I've been driving down the road and all of a sudden somebody swerved over to me. I thought, just that split second, it could have been totally different. So many things that have happened. So be thankful that you are alive. But understand, one of these days God may not protect you anymore in this life. He may just call you on home. And we don't know when and we don't know how it's going to be, but... There's sorrow here, but there's joy on the other side. But you can live your whole Christian life with joy if you can believe the word, the promises of God. Because there's going to be sorrow. He didn't take that away. Some of you are going to be killed, and they were. Some live to be an old age, like John. I uh, want to show you one a little illustration that I learned I learned this from Hank Lindstrom. No, I didn't. We learned it from the same guy, though, Dr. A. Ray Stanford. And I haven't found a better way to do it yet. If I ever find a better way to present the gospel, then I'll use it. But so far, this is number one on my list. So if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not sure. You don't really understand it. Then listen. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God says that he he loves us. He hates what we do wrong, but he loves us. And he says to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. But God doesn't want us to go to hell. You see, God wants us to go to heaven. In heaven, he's perfect. In heaven, heaven's perfect. And we have to be perfect to go there. So by just reasoning alone, you can realize, hey, I ain't going. And you ain't either. Aren't going. You didn't know I knew English. Did you know I'm an English major? I'm not. Just wondering if you would believe that. But God says that He loves us and wants us to have eternal life and go to heaven whenever we die. But God says you can't earn your way to heaven. See, there's nothing that you and I can do to remove this sin debt. See, going to church doesn't take away the bad, and giving money doesn't take away the bad, it doesn't pay for anything. So God says you cannot save yourself by your good deeds. So going to church, I'm glad you did. Giving money, boy, am I glad you did. But it won't get you to heaven. When we pass the hat, you can even take some out. It's for the heathen anyway. No, we don't even do that. We don't even pass the hat because we wouldn't get the hat back. Uh, we don't, we're not encouraging that. Remember that. But God wants you to know he loves you. He loves you. So he did something to show you how much he loves you. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin. Because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took our sins, paid for them on the cross. And he says that if we would believe that he did that for us, he would give to us his righteousness. So you see, if he gave you his righteousness... That would make you and I as righteous as God. We go to heaven on his righteousness, not mine. When God sees me, he don't see my sins because Christ paid for those. He sees the righteousness of his son. I go to heaven. That's why the Bible says, for he, God, hath made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. See, to go to heaven, you've got to be as righteous as God. By your good works, you can't. That's why God says it is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't say I'm going to heaven because I'm so good, because it's not true. I'm going to heaven because He is so good that He loved me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I do not deserve to go to heaven. I do deserve to go to hell. But God loved me, and He showed His love for me in sending His Son. So that if I would believe that He did it for me, He would give me eternal life as a free gift. That was the best news I ever heard in my whole life. And I guess I just want to keep telling that for the rest of my life. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. But if you're here this morning and you've never trusted the Lord, would you just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. But I believe when Christ died, He died for me. And I'm going to trust Him right now as my Savior. And friend, God said if you would trust Him right now, He would save you right now and give you eternal life right now. The moment, the very moment you believe it, you have everlasting life. And God said He'd never cast you out and never lose you. And when you get up to leave, you can say, I know I'm going to heaven because today... I trusted Christ as my Savior. And friend, if you're making that decision, I'd like to have prayer for you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'd just like to know with an uplifted hand. She said, yes, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ right now as my Savior. And pray you, I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? Just very quickly slip it up and put it right back down. Our Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come Proclaim your word. Pray, Lord, that those that are listening by way of internet, that many would trust you as Savior. We thank you for the ministry you've given us, for the good people we have here at Calvary Community Church. Bless those that are visiting with us today. We pray that the service has been a blessing to them. And we ask your blessings upon each person. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll take my
0: how permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316
1: Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace amazes me.